Hello, I'm Kylie Gable. Welcome to the Feminine Boudoir, the Candy Apple Press podcast. Today's episode, we have two stories uh, from new narrators. Our first one is um, from Misconscrewed, who did a wonderful job reading my story entitled Feminized by Lady Luck. And following that, we have Allison Jerry, who did a great take on my story, The Cucky Sitter. Now, both of these very talented women have recorded full versions of these two stories that are um, around 50 minutes each. And one of the big challenges I have when I am picking which clip to play is that I'm trying to do two things. One, I don't want this to feel like an infomercial, so I try to take a scene from the story that has a definite beginning, middle, and end, and, and has some erotic elements to it. If you like feminization or female domination, I'm not just going to give you a scene of people standing there talking about, wouldn't it be great to dress up a guy or something. Um, the other thing, though, is I don't want to give everything away. If, you, if you've ever seen a movie where all the good bits were in the coming attractions, I don't want to do that. Um, these audios are important to me. They're important to the people who record them. So I don't just want to go ahead and, without their approval, go ahead and decide to give out the entire story. They all are, like I said, 50 minutes long, and they all contain other scenes which are equally as exciting as the ones I pick. Some of them are much longer than 50 minutes. Um, so that's, that's what I'm doing when I'm picking these clips. You can find information about how to purchase any of the audios uh, that you hear on the show and enjoy uh, in the links below. And we'll get started right away with the first story, which, as I said before, comes from Misconstrued, who did my story, Feminized by Lady Luck. Uh, the story is pretty simple. Uh, a guy who is actually from a fairly wealthy family, but whose father has decided he needs to make it on his own, meets a very attractive woman at a bar one night. They head over to a casino she knows about, and he doesn't have a lot of money, but he, he wants to impress her. And she offers to see if she can get him set up with a credit limit, and she does, and he believes that he lost $200 to the casino that night. In reality, he lost $200,000 to the casino that night. Oh, and that woman, a woman named Ingrid, she doesn't just go to the casino. She kind of runs the place, and she intends to get her money back one way or the other. So her and a couple of accomplices named Faith and Hope, who work for her, have taken our hero to a salon where they will begin his transformation. Despite the casino being staffed almost entirely by female employees, the gamblers who gravitated there were almost evenly split between male and female. As a result, there were both men and women who got in over their heads with gambling debts. One woman who owed the casino over $50,000 was Ashley Wodehouse who owned one of the more exclusive spas in the city. At Ash, the well-to-do businesswoman and the bored housewives could mingle with each other while they received everything from hydrotherapy and Reiki massage to waxing and makeup. 
there in front of all those beautiful and successful women jason was marched in still zip-tied and accompanied by faith hope and ingrid hi ingrid said ashley as she spotted ingrid in her entourage jason could tell that this was neither a usual nor welcome visit this is a special case said ingrid i trust you to do your usual outstanding job ashley i will but i'm nervous she began don't be replied ingrid faith will be here the whole time to make sure he doesn't create a scene he's already had faith's particular brand of persuasion and i doubt he wants a repeat performance yes ingrid said ashley in exchange for your services i am prepared to knock four times your usual price off your bill thank you that's very generous said ashley well look at him said ingrid i think he'll make what i'm paying back very quickly and besides i want to make an example out of him well if you can get him over to the waxing room we can begin said ashley even though he offered no resistance faith and hope still refused to remove the zip ties holding his wrists behind his back they dragged him through the crowded salon he offered no resistance but it was still embarrassing i trust we'll have no problem with you jason said ingrid you already know what faith could do to you physically and you don't want to know what else i could do with your personal information no ingrid said jason meekly as ashley led him to a masseuse table for what she called a full body treatment i won't lie said ashley this is going to hurt a great deal however it'll get easier with each application well hope and i will leave you in ashley's very capable hands faith why don't you help him undress said ingrid as ingrid and hope left faith was roughly pulling off his shoes socks and pants she didn't bother undoing the zip ties until jason was down to just his shirt she took that off him too leaving him very naked and blushing a deep crimson i wish i had your body what a lucky girl you are said ashley looking him over from head to toe looking for the slightest flaw and finding none i'm not a fucking girl snapped jason which earned him an intimidating stare from faith not yet you're not but after i'm done with you we'll talk she replied Ashley began rubbing something into Jason's skin. He wasn't sure what it was, but just a few seconds later, he felt a tingling coolness. "'What are you putting on me?' asked Jason nervously. "'It helps with the pain,' said Ashley. "'When I'm done, you'll see. It's so worth it.' The hot wax touched his calves, sending a tingle up his spine. The cotton strips being placed against his skin told him that pain was imminent." but when the strip was removed he was surprised at how little it actually hurt of course jason didn't enjoy it but the pain pale in comparison to what faith and hope had already done to him it was strange to look in the mirror and see how smooth his leg was beginning to appear with a thick forest of leg hair defoliated it took ashley over an hour and a half and when she was done there wasn't a solitary hair below jason's neck his legs 
ass, chest, back, armpits, and pubic area had all been made smooth to the touch. Jason began to wonder just how this was helping him to pay back his gambling debts, but he didn't want to talk about that. Jason began to wonder just how this was helping him pay back his gambling debts, but he didn't want to think about that. Jason tried to get up from the table, only to have Faith push him right back down. Hey, I'm not running away, but all the hair has been removed. Not all of it, said Ashley. I'm afraid the face is the more painful procedure. It took another half hour to remove every last hair from Jason's chin and cheeks. Ashley took particular care waxing Jason's eyebrows, and he began to wonder just how he'd explain what happened to his buddies. Oh, sissy, you look amazing if I do say so myself, gushed Ashley as she handed Jason a fluffy pink robe and waited for him to cinch it around his middle. Not bad at all, agreed Faith. We still have a lot to do with him, Faith. Ingrid left some pretty specific instructions, said Ashley. Just tell me where you want him next, said Faith. I think it's time to do his hair. Let's go out to the salon proper. For Jason, the humiliation was palpable. I just had my hair cut last week, said Jason defensively. Faith smiled to herself at his cluelessness. That's a shame, but there's enough to work with, said Ashley, running her fingers through his hair. She spun him around and leaned him back so that his head was over a sink so she could wash his hair. Once that was done, she started painting large locks with a flat brush before wrapping it up with tin foil. Is this really necessary? asked Jason. I have more zip ties, said Faith. It was the first time he had heard her speak in over an hour, but her point was crystal clear. Relax, it's just some hair dye. You'll be going Auburn in about an hour. Then we can worry about extensions, explained Ashley. Jason felt totally exposed. With the mirror in front of him, he could see all the women looking at him. Some were obviously staring, but others were just subtly peeking. He sighed and let Ashley work. About halfway through the treatment, a very attractive blonde girl approached, wheeling a whole tray full of nail products with her. She couldn't have been yet twenty, with long flowing hair and a tight little ass accentuated by the short shorts she was wearing. This is Crystal. She'll be doing your nails. Hi, smiled Jason nervously. Crystal seemed just as awkward as he did, as she smiled back. Just like any other customer, Crystal, whispered Ashley. While Ashley worked on his hair, Crystal buffed and painted his toes before applying fake nails to his fingers and painting them a dark red. All his fears about feminization were coming to pass. Ingrid was clearly turning him into a female. Maybe he could convince his father to come up with enough money to make her happy if Jason talked to him. Jason looked at Crystal's handiwork. It was pretty impressive. While his fingers weren't quite glamour length, his dirty man hands had been replaced by bright, seductive nails that he knew spelled sex for some men. All done, said Crystal cheerfully. Why don't you do his makeup, Crystal? I'm still working on his hair. I've never really done a guy's makeup before, said Crystal. There's always a first, replied Ashley. 
it's just a face like any other. Lips, eyes, nose, and all the usual stuff. You do it the same way. Jason was a bit surprised at how Crystal took to the task. She was done in much less time than he would have thought. She took a step back and had him tilt his head and turn to each side before smiling and declaring, Not bad, not bad at all. Once the dye was done, Ashley began attaching extensions to Jason's hair. He could hardly believe what the combination of feminine hair and makeup had done to his appearance. He could even see it in the faces of the women gawking at him. They had gone from sneering mockery to disbelief and admiration. "'You are the best one Ingrid has ever sent me,' said Ashley, peering into the mirror and taking in Jason's new appearance. "'Has she sent you a lot?' asked Jason. Four or five, replied Ashley. "'I always do a good job, but you are something else altogether.' "'How is this even possible?' gasped Jason as he ran his hand across his cheek. His red nails only added to the feminine effect of the makeup and hairstyle. He blinked his eyes in amazement and watched his long, false eyelashes bob up and down like a butterfly flapping its wings. His eyelids shimmered with a light dusting of bronze eyeshadow. His skin was smooth and flawless with rosy red cheeks. His bright red lips were succulent and inviting, thanks to the deep red of his lipstick and the shine of the gloss. Wow, said Crystal. There's nothing masculine left on his face. Some of my girlfriends are less pretty than he is right now. What do you think? asked Ashley from behind him. Feels weird, doesn't it? Knowing that you look better as a woman than you ever did as a man. Wait, that's not true, said Jason. It is, said Crystal matter-of-factly. She wasn't teasing him, but there wasn't an ounce of doubt in her mind. It had been nearly four hours since Ingrid had dropped him off when she and Hope returned. Ashley, make that five times your going rate, said Ingrid. This is the best work you've ever done for me. Thank you, Ingrid, said Ashley. He had a lot to work with. Do you mind if Hope and Faith take him into the back and finish dressing him? asked Ingrid. For the first time, Jason noticed that Hope was carrying four large shopping bags with her. Not at all, said Ashley. I want to see the final product. Let's go, Jason, said Hope. It wasn't a request. Jason followed along to the back room, expecting some old supply closet or something, but this was a spa. It looked a lot like the room he had gotten waxed in. Hope plopped the shopping bags down on a table and began digging through them, while Faith moved over to Jason and unceremoniously helped him out of his bathrobe. She couldn't help smirking. They do good work here, she admired. I mean, he's flat-chested and naked, but... He still looks more like a woman than a man. Well, he doesn't have to be flat for much longer, said Hope, handing her comrade a black case. Before he knew it, Faith was applying some very cold gel to his chest. He flinched from the cool sensation before she told him, Relax, it'll warm up after it's in contact with your skin. What's it for? asked Jason, but he already knew the answer. 
Faith attached two large silicone breast forms onto his chest, giving him a solid pair of 36C breasts. She held them to his chest until the glue set, and she was satisfied they wouldn't be coming off. Do some jumping jacks for us, ordered Faith, and he complied. It felt ridiculous as the momentum pulled on his forms even after he landed. He hated these things that were stuck on his chest, and he definitely needed some kind of support. The good news is, you won't have to wear a bra, said Hope. What's the bad news? asked Jason. This, said Hope, pulling a heavily boned black corset out of a shopping bag. I don't think you'll like this very much. Faith lifted Jason's arms high above his head as Hope approached with the corset and attached it around his midsection. As she snapped each eyelet shut, Jason thought it couldn't get any tighter, and then it did. When the front was completely fastened, Hope turned to Faith and said, Your turn. Jason already knew she was a strong woman, but the power that Faith exhibited in yanking the ties in the back of the corset closed made Jason think that she would slice him in two by mistake. He began getting woozy from the lack of oxygen. "'You need to take shallow breaths until you get used to it,' said Faith. "'I'll never get used to this,' replied Jason. "'Yeah, but look what it does for your figure,' said Hope. She was right. With the breast forms and the corset, he had a perfect hourglass figure. "'It's great that you have such a girlish butt. We can pat it a little, but too much would be really obvious tonight.' "'What's tonight?' asked Jason. "'I'm sure Ingrid will want to tell you that herself. She'd get pretty mad if we spilled the beans,' said Hope. "'Now put your leg out so Paith can put on your stockings.' I don't think you want to be bending with that corset on. Jason wasn't expecting the electric feeling of the silky stockings being pulled up his freshly waxed legs. At least one thing in this whole process felt nice. After the thigh-high stockings were on, Faith placed a pair of lacy red French-cut bikinis on him. There were mirrors all around, and with the panties, corset, and stockings on, Jason had to remember that he wasn't looking at the reflection of a third woman in that room, but of himself. The corset was still nearly unbearable, but he was getting a bit more used to it. Here, step into these, said Hope, tossing a pair of shoes onto the ground in front of him. You can lean on me if you need to. Jason looked down at the shoes and couldn't believe how sexy they were. They were strappy, with about a three-inch heel, and the shoes sparkled with glitter the same deep red as his nails and lips. He stumbled a bit, but finally got them on his feet. As bending over was impossible for him, Faith and Hope each buckled up one shoe for him. "'Don't worry about walking in them yet,' said Hope. "'We'll get you plenty of practice before tonight. Besides, Nobody's going to care if you can walk. Let's get the dress on him and let Ingrid see how he turned out, said Faith. Hope pulled a red dress from one of the bags. It was also the same brilliant red, and it was a shoulderless, barded style in a ribbed fabric that hugged every curve that the corset created. 
The dress only came to his upper thighs and made the faux cleavage created by the corset and breast forms seem ample. The last couple of touches were jewelry, which consisted of red hoop earrings and a black necklace. Hope spritzed Jason over with a bottle of French perfume. Let's let Ingrid see what she's working with, said Faith. One second, said Hope, steering Jason over so that she was facing a full-length mirror. Look at that girl. Look how sexy she is. You'd like to fuck her, wouldn't you? Yes, I mean no, replied Jason. The truth was out, and there was no way to cover it up now. Faith and Hope helped Jason out of the room. He was like a newborn colt, as he awkwardly tried to manage the unfamiliar shoes. That wasn't what Ingrid noticed when she saw him, though. She started seeing money. My God, he's perfect. I have to admit, I think that's my best work ever on anybody, Ashley said proudly. Most of the women who saw him enter the salon in the pink rope were long gone, but he could tell every eye in the place was on him, and they weren't mocking him any more either. Well, I should get this beauty back to the casino, thanks, Ashley, said Ingrid. In this case, it really was my pleasure, said Ashley. Would you mind bringing him back here at some point for some photos? Yeah, no problem. I can have Hope bring her over tomorrow. I'm sure that with the proper motivation, he can scrounge up some good before pictures for you, too. That was misconstrued with a reading of my story entitled Feminized by Lady Luck. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know misconstrued that well outside of she has an extremely sexy voice, I think. Um... She's been involved in the Findom community for over eight years, and she also is uh, quite a regular, I don't know, right, BDSM type of dom, um, likes a lot of fetishes and kinks. The way she describes her style of domination is commanding and mind-fucking. Um, from looking at her webpage, she looks extremely creative. Definitely check her out. Not only does she have this clip for sale, but she also has a whole lot of other great content for sale that I think you will enjoy. Our second clip comes from Allison, the real heel Jerry. Now, Allison, I also don't know a whole lot about, other than the fact that um, she is a femdom with a very wicked mind. And let's face it, we all know that femdoms with wicked minds are my favorite type of people. Um, the name The Real Heel comes because she is pretty much the queen of foot fetishes. I saw some of her videos um, that she had posted on Twitter, and I knew that this was a very expressive and enthusiastic dom, and I knew that I had some stories that she'd be perfect for. One of them is called The Cucky Sitter, and that's what we have a clip for coming up next, and... The Cucky Sitter is about a new college freshman named JT who realizes, I'm sorry, JC, who realizes that she uh, doesn't have the money to make it through freshman year. And so she looks to get a job babysitting 
and instead discovers the exciting world of cuckolding where she can make much more money than she ever imagined as a babysitter. In this particular scene, we have a very reluctant male, and it's her job to put him in his place. So here is a scene from The Cucky Sitter. Can't you find something quiet to do? What? You're a guest in my house, he bellowed. No, I'm an employee, and it seems to me that this is your wife's house. Or am I wrong about that? I replied rhetorically. You've got a real smart mouth. What are you, 18? He asked. Old enough to know when a man is overcompensating because he feels emasculated by his wife sleeping with Malcolm. I replied, feeling grateful for the psychology class I was taking. If you were my sister, I'd put you over my knee. But I'm not. Instead, I'm the only thing keeping you from losing this comfy little life here. So don't piss me off, I warned. What? He actually looked like he was going to hit me before he stopped in his tracks, not sure how to proceed. I really didn't know what to do either. But then I thought back to my babysitting days and how I kept children occupied back then. We're going to your bedroom, I ordered. What? I'm not going to now, I said. March! This is my home. No, it's Rhonda's and I'm in charge, I corrected. Now get your ass into your bedroom. I was a little surprised to see his shoulders slump and his eyes gaze shift downward submissively as he shuffled off towards the bedrooms. Here I was, ten years his junior, and I was the one in control. I hopped up excitedly, but by the time we had reached his bedroom, he had already begun to have second thoughts. Look, this is ridiculous, he complained, turning around to see my face. He put his hands on my shoulders and said, I'm just going to bed. Go watch television. I won't give Rhonda any trouble when she gets back. Get your hands off me! I snapped, slapping him with all my might across his left cheek, and then backhanding him in the right cheek. Tears were welling up in his eyes, and his cheeks now burned a bright crimson color. He grabbed my wrist tightly in his hands. Unfortunately for him, this left his balls open for a knee, and I drove mine right into his exposed nuts. He dropped to his knees, and I stepped back away from him, saying... I told you not to touch me. Now get up, you big baby. I don't know what had gotten into me, but if Rhonda wanted him humbled and not feeling like a rival to her bowl, I could do that. I just needed to play one of my old babysitter games. Still wincing from my need, he'd climbed to his feet. Don't do that. Strip, I demanded. What? Are you insane? He asked. No. I'm in control, I replied. Now do what I said and strip. Reluctantly, looking just like so many of the children I babysat when I told them it was time for bed or bath time, this grown man was giving in and doing as I told him. When he got down to just his boxer shorts, he stopped. But I motioned with my finger and he stepped out of them too. How does that make you feel? I asked. Vulnerable he replied. Well, you're right, I said. You're extremely vulnerable right now. I could bring you tears in seconds, but instead we're going to play one of my all-time favorite babysitting games. What game? 
Reaching into his wife's dressers, I found her panties. Selecting a cute little baby blue lace bikini cut pair, I tossed them to him. Don't mind what game. Cover that thing up. This is ridiculous, he whined. I can't put on Rhonda's panties. As ridiculous as having her throw you out? I asked. He looked at the panties anxiously, as if worried that they might explode. After I folded my arms and scowled at him, he finally stepped into them and pulled them up his legs. I smacked him in the butt and gave him a low whistle. I feel so stupid. Well, let's do something about that, I said, leading him into the bathroom. I sat him down on the bathtub and handed him his wife's shaving cream and razor. I think legs, chest, and underarms is good enough for now. Get to it. What? You want me to shave my body? I'll be the laughing stock at the gym. Not my problem. Get to work. When you're done, come back to the bedroom, I instructed. This is not what Rhonda wanted you to do, he said. And you just let me worry about that, I snapped. If you keep questioning every order that I give you, I'm going to make you regret it, I replied, then returned to the bedroom. Twenty minutes later, he entered the bedroom looking much smoother. I gave him a once-over, and while it wasn't perfect, it was good enough for my purposes. Hey, I found a matching bra, I said, tossing it to him. He started to say something, but a cross-look from me shut him up. I can take one of these off, no problem, but I can't get it on, he whined as he fumbled with the bra. I advanced toward him and easily clasped it behind his back. I think you're going to like the feeling of pulling a silky pair of stockings up those sexy, smooth legs, I said. Why are you doing this? It's all part of the service, princess. Now let's find you a pretty dress to wear. You're lucky that you're close to Rhonda's size, you know, I said. Yeah, real lucky he muttered. <laughs> I giggled to myself. Well, since we went with the blue underwear, and this dress is just adorable on you, let's go with blue, I said. After all, blue is for boys. I held out a blue sequin dress with a deep plunging neckline. It was very short, only reaching five inches above Kurt's knee. I had him step into the dress, and I zipped up the back. Even though I purposefully chose a particularly stretchy dress, it was still a bit tight on him. I feel ridiculous. He grumbled upon seeing his reflection in the bedroom mirror. <laughs> I know, I said cheerfully. It's because you don't have any shoes for that dress. <laughs> I looked in Rhonda's closet, but was disappointed to find that her feet weren't very big. I pulled out a pair of black sandals with an open toe that I thought he might be able to squeeze his feet into. I can't wear those, he said. I'll break my neck. What size shoe do you wear, big guy? A size eight, he replied. Hmm, I guess it's true about guy's feet. I let my voice trail off and grinned at his reddening face. These are going to be a bit small, I think, but every girl has to squeeze into a tight pair of shoes at least once. Sit on the bed and I'll help you. Graciously, Kurt plopped himself down on the bed. And I squeezed his feet into each shoe and attached the straps around his ankles. He winced. But I don't imagine he knew how heels should fit. His heels spilled over the end of the shoe, but it was close enough for my purposes. Ugh, these are really uncomfortable, 
he said as I attached the second shoe. Being a woman is pain sometimes. You'll learn to deal with it, Cupcake, I said. Now let's get you made up. Fine, he sighed. I'm no makeup pro. I can make myself look good enough. Up until this point, though, I had never put makeup on a guy. It was an interesting challenge hiding away the masculine features while bringing out the feminine ones. I was closely watching Kurt's face and trying to work with what was already a pretty feminine canvas when I noticed something that I hadn't seen before. Fear. Here was a grown man, and just as I held his chin in my hand, I held his future. The rush of power I felt was both electric and addicting, like nothing I'd ever felt before. My back arched, and I licked my lips. Now we were clearly predator and prey. He knew it, and so... I hope you enjoyed our audio. Links for buying the complete version are going to be available right in the description for this episode. I hope you'll allow me to play PBS for a second. Uh, one of the things I'm really hoping for is to get some subscribers to allow me to continue having amazing voice actresses read these audios. Why should you pay for that if you're getting it for free? Well, this is what French Exchange, or at least a snippet of French Exchange, sounds like when read by our very talented native French-speaking voiceover actress. Oh no, silly. They are French men's underwear. She beamed. They are for you. Um, I don't think they're men's, objected Luke as he held up a pair and noticed a distinct lack of fly. Why, sure they are, silly, giggled Hélène as she showed Luke one of the tags written in French as if he could read it. They don't look like any men's underwear I've ever seen. Oh, and you are now the expert on fashion, non? No, I guess not. It's what all the hot French guys are wearing now. But perhaps your American women don't like sexy French guys? All right. I found that pretty sexy. Now here's the same scene if I read it because I can't afford to hire a voiceover actress. Oh no, silly. They are French men's underwear, she beamed. They are for you. Er, I don't think they're men's, objected Luke, as he held up a pair and noticed a distinct lack of fly. Well, sure they are, silly, giggled Helene as she showed Luke one of the tags written in French, as if he could read it. Uh, they don't look like any men's underwear I've ever seen. Oh, no? And now you are an expert on fashion? No? Uh, no, I, I guess not. It's what all the hot French guys are wearing now. But perhaps your American women don't like sexy French guys. All right. I hope that we never actually ever have to have that happen. But I don't have that big of a back catalog of audios. I do have a lot of stories, but without being able to hire a good and talented narrator, that could happen very easily. You can find a link in the description for the for uh, Anchor where you can donate a buck or two. If you're enjoying this show every week, just contribute a little. I would really appreciate it. Uh, regardless, I'll be back next week on Monday with a new audio, and I will see you then.